traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Seeking truth and justice in a battleground of deception and corruption. This is The Richard Serrett Show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, stick your head out and yell, I'm as bad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. We must not allow ourselves to be intimidated. Our task is not only to win the battle, but to win the war. We're not in Kansas anymore. Take a look at this country through her eyes if you really want to see something. Friday. We made it. Well, it's uh, it's only 4.02 p.m., so we're not out of the woods yet. Uh, and I'm not talking about this being Friday the 13th. I'm not that superstitious. I, I'll, I'll break mirrors while walking underneath a mirror. I don't care. I'm talking about Hamas leaders declaring this a, a global day of jihad. So these... Uh, Band of terrorists attack Israel. They murder 1,300 people in cold blood. Their supporters around the world, including the useless fools at CUPE and in the NDE, college and university students and professors are celebrating Hamas acts of depravity. Israel strikes back, justifiably so, and now Hamas is angry and Hamas leaders are calling on their sleeper cells in the West to mobilize? Well, technically, Khalid Mashael called for a global day of general mobilization. What does that mean? What does mobilization mean? So have a listen to far-left 
Wired magazine. The headline reads, Rumors of a global day of jihad have unleashed a dangerous wave of disinformation. Oh, really? Here's the article. Far-right figures in the United States are making violent threats against Muslims in response to what they believe is a planned global day of jihad today. He's concerned about violent threats after what happened in Israel. The violent rhetoric comes in response to comments made in a statement by Khalid Mashael, the founder and former leader of Hamas, to Reuters on Wednesday. Mashal called for protests on October 13th across the Arab world in support of the Palestinians before adding, to all scholars who teach jihad, to all who teach and learn, this is the moment for the application of theories. While Mashal very specifically made the calls for protests in the Arab and Islamic worlds, his comments were quickly mistranslated online to become a global day of jihad, a phrase he did not use. Oh, that's right. The former leader of Hamas was being very reasonable and measured. How dare we misinterpret what he's saying? Wired Magazine continues. In the toxic stew of misinformation and disinformation that has circulated online in the days since Hamas' attack on Israel, those misinterpreted comments have been weaponized by right-wing lawmakers and influencers to suggest that Hamas is planning attacks on non-Muslims. How dare we pick on poor Hamas? This latest round of online disinformation now threatens to spill over into real-world violence. Wired Magazine's concerns are gravely misplaced, I'd say. The uh, article continues. Users of pro-Trump message boards and extremist channels on Telegram as well as mainstream platforms like X, formerly Twitter, repeatedly claimed that they would be carrying firearms today. Some claimed they would be prepared to use those weapons if or when they encountered Muslims. In many cases, people referred to Muslims using racial slurs. Well, nobody should condone that, obviously. In response, some police authorities in U.S. cities, including New York and Los Angeles, announced that they plan to boost officer numbers to counter any potential violence. How dare they? How dare they? New York, far right? <laughs> I don't think so. Some schools in the U.S. and in the U.K. have closed due to concerns about an international day of rage or out of an abundance of caution. How dare these schools? Clearly, a, a demonstration of Islamophobia. How dare they exhibit an abundance of caution? Wired magazine editors and contributors are useful idiots. So the, the former leader of a murderous gang of animals called Hamas calls for supporters around the world to mobilize. But anyone calling for caution and vigilance are a bunch of far-right Islamophobes? Did these morons at Wired Magazine not witness the outpouring of support for Hamas in the streets 
in cities across North America, people celebrating the raping of women, the butchering of children, the execution of Holocaust survivors live on Facebook. And now cities and schools are being Islamophobic for, sh- for, for, for being concerned, for showing an abundance of caution. Are you kidding me? More importantly, what has happened today? What? What took place on this global day of general mobilization? Oh, it's not jihad. Today, on this global day of general mobilization, a diplomat's family member, who also works as an employee at Israel's embassy, was stabbed outside a Beijing supermarket by a 53-year-old male involved in the small goods business. The Israeli embassy confirmed the attack had occurred not in the embassy area. The employee is being treated in hospital and his condition is stable. The background of the attack is being investigated. He works at the Israeli embassy in Beijing. Video footage circulating on uh, X shows the victim being stabbed multiple times in the upper torso. The video also shows him falling to the ground with blood smearing the pavement where the incident occurred. The assailant, a tall, thin man in a white top, armed with a knife, left the scene and headed west, according to witnesses present at the time. Also on Friday, this global day of mobilization, a Russian national of Chechen origin under surveillance for suspected radicalization, fatally slit the throat of a teacher and critically wounded two other people at Gambetta Carnot School in Arras, France. Dominique Bernard, a French language teacher at the school, was identified by a colleague as the victim of the brazen attack. The police officer, first on the scene, said the suspected attacker, a former student at the school, shouted... Halo Akbar, following the attack. I guess the assailant misinterpreted what the former Hamas leader said. Colleagues arrived quickly, but unfortunately couldn't save the victim. I'm extremely shocked by what I saw. It was a horrible thing to see this poor man who was killed on the job by a lunatic, said one colleague. Not done yet. Across the Mediterranean, Jordanian riot police forcibly dispersed hundreds of supposed Hamas sympathizers attempting to breach the country's border with Israel along the West Bank. Law enforcement tear-gassed roughly 500 alleged sympathizers of Hamas and successfully deterred them from reaching a major border crossing into Israel. Doesn't sound to me as if Hamas supporters misunderstood what Khalid Mashal was asking them to do. Jihad, mobilization, what difference does it make? Anyone who supports Hamas in either words or deeds is a terrorist. If you make excuses for Hamas, you're a terrorist. I mentioned this yesterday, but I want to repeat it because it is so true. 
and on the mark. Yesterday, I mentioned American science writer Michael Shermer, uh, who's also the founder of, I believe it's called Skeptic Magazine or Skeptical Inquiry Magazine. He posted this on social media yesterday. People who compare Hamas to the Nazis are being unfair to the Nazis. Because the Nazis knew murdering Jews were, was wrong. They knew it was wrong because they tried to conceal their evil deeds. The death camps were located in isolated areas, mainly in Poland. When the Third Reich was collapsing, the Nazis tried to cover up by destroying gas chambers and burning documents. At the Nuremberg trials, Nazis denied their involvement in the murder of six million plus Jews. They knew it was wrong. Hamas does not try to conceal their evil actions. They brag about it. They celebrate it. They post themselves murdering and raping and torturing on Facebook. Hamas terrorists are worse than the Nazis. And to see and to hear people in this country excusing what Hamas did or trying to draw some moral equivalence between what Hamas did and the actions of the IDF in, in Gaza is beyond reprehensible. Canada's Joe Rogan, Greg Carrasco, who has an incredible radio program Saturday mornings here on Saga 960, will be here last order of business. He'll tell us what's happening on his show tomorrow morning. We may get around to uh, discussing this. I was recently reading the cost of a one-bedroom apartment in Toronto is $2,600 a month. One-bedroom apartment. Never mind buying a house. Who can afford to rent in Toronto. We'll uh, we'll get into that and other things. A preview of tomorrow afternoon's OHL game between the Mississauga Steelheads and Saginaw. Steelheads play-by-play and color commentator Brendan Lang will be here in hour two. Open lines in hour two. 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600. Two seven five ninety six hundred. You can call or you can text. And uh, the call-in studio application is now being engaged. We used to say the phone lines are now open. 289-275-9600. Call or text. Lisa Bildy is a litigation lawyer, and she represented a woman I believe is a, is a real hero, Dr. Colvinder Cower-Gill. Practices medicine, I believe, in Brampton. Very early on during the COVID pandemic, she was a, a, a voice in the wilderness, criticizing public health measures, government measures, and their response to COVID, the lockdowns, the masks. She was facing disciplinary proceedings from the Ontario College of Physicians and Surgeons. They were investigating her. She was being harassed and bullied on social media by her colleagues. Well, of course, everything that she said was right. Everything they said was wrong. And now the regulatory body has dropped those proceedings. This is great news. She was right. They were wrong the entire time. Lawyer Lisa Bildy will be here in hour two. This hour, the Lim Riddler. 
and your chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Steelheads in action tomorrow afternoon at the Paramount Fine Food Center. Nigel Hannaford from the Western Standard will be here. The Supreme Court of Canada has struck down Trudeau's anti-pipeline law, Bill C-69. That's a big W. Another W. Two in a row. Open lines this hour as well. Again, you can get on board right now. 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600. But first, has former transport minister, liberal MP Omar Alagra, is he still supporting Hamas? David Menzies from Rebel News is next. The Richard Serrett Show, off and running for Friday, October the 13th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. Facta non verba. We're back as The Richard Serrett Show continues on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. I told you uh, I wasn't out of the woods yet. Friday the 13th. And uh, what does my computer decide to do during the commercial break? Uh, reset. Restart. <laughs> so <laughs> I scramble, 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 get the Zoom back on, and it decides it needs to update. But here we are. We made it a little bit late. Uh, David Menzies, Rebel News Mission Specialist and the host of the Rebel Roundup, is with us. David, how are you? I'm doing pretty okay for a Friday the 13th, Richard. I mean, if you think you have it bad, I just got off the road. I had to slam on the brakes to prevent myself from hitting, yes, a black cat crossing my path on Friday the 13th. If I walk under a ladder, I think that's the hatch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, let's talk about former transport minister, perhaps one of, well, this is saying a lot to call him one of the most uh, inept cabinet ministers in Canadian (laughs) history is saying a lot because he's got a lot of competition. However, the former transport minister who is now simply a lowly liberal MP, um, you went looking for him today to ask him if he is still a supporter of Hamas. So I didn't know he was a supporter of Hamas. What are the details? What, t- tell me, tell me. Yes, Richard, several years ago, um, Omar Al-Gabra, a.k.a. the Hobgoblin, as he's known, um, condemned CanWest Papers for calling Hamas and Hezbollah terrorist groups even though his own federal government recognizes Hamas and Hezbollah as terrorist groups. I mean, you couldn't make this up. He was also still very upset that the province of Ontario um, took a pass on implementing Sharia law, which almost happened under McGuinty, if you recall, yes. uh, Richard. That got international headlines uh, that there would be a separate Sharia law system for Muslims in Ontario. Uh, he condemned a former police chief for taking part in a shockers walk for Israel uh, march. And I think based on his track record, Richard, we have to ask the impolite question, is Omar al-Gabra a closet Islamist? Yeah, uh so you went looking for him today in um, Mississauga Center as his riding. You went to his constituency office to see if, you know, he would go on the record and hopefully would, you know, walk back his support from this terrorist organization. What happened when you arrived at his office? Yeah, actually, it was on Wednesday, uh, oh, Wednesday. Richard. And we 
Yeah, and uh, the the story was published uh, recently, but we went there, and he's in an office tower on the fifth floor, Mississauga Center, and um, like just about every liberal constituency office, it is under lock and key, and they don't take walk-ins anymore. You know, Richard, they they wouldn't want any of the riffraff of Canada just to walk in unannounced and uh, announce their concerns. You've got to make an appointment, and typically it's papered up or it's glass that you can't see through. So my only interaction was via a speaker where the lady on the other side said, who you are, and I said, I'm David Menzies with Rebel News, and here are some of my questions. I think, I'm not sure, but I do think Omar Al-Gabra was in the office that day, and it was met by silence. And I had a, um, a backup story, Richard, because I had this weird sense of deja vu, and I remember, oh yeah, it was 10 months ago, back in December of 2022, when I first went to the Hobgoblin's office, it was in regard to um, Brigitte Belton had a TikTok video, and she was promoting something called Trucker Convoy 2.0, uh, in which you would send trucks to Omar Algabra's office. Now, I don't mean real 18-wheelers. I mean, because Christmas was around the corner, toy trucks. So it was kind of a cheeky toy drive. I even brought one of my own uh, toy trucks uh, to uh, Omar Algabra, and I dropped it off at his office. And things have been so busy, Richard, and the world has been so crazy. We never did a follow-up. What happened to all those toy trucks? Um, did he get dozens, hundreds, or thousands? And if so, did uh, Omar Al-Gabra make, like, Santa Claus and hand them out to the kids of uh, Mississauga Center? Or more likely, did he go all Grinch and uh, put those toy trucks in a dumpster nearby? So we have a second story coming out on that. But... In regard to both series of questions, Richard, we get down to the bottom floor. My camera member, Tio and I, as we're walking over to our car, we see three Peel Regional Police Cruiser rushing to the scene, uh, one being a supervisor. And I said... Maurizio, surely that's not for us. Right? I mean, we did. We never got into the office. We just asked questions. Oh, Richard, it was for us. Of course. Uh, the, the supervisor came over and he politely said, um, uh, yeah, I'm here based on a call. And by the way, Richard, there's no real crime happening in Peel Region. Murder, sexual assault, carjacking, uh, you name it. Uh, no, no, David Menzies crime. is on the loose. David Menzies is on the loose. <laughs> I mean, I was embarrassed. You know, know, this amount of uh, police resources going to a nothing burger. And he said the reason they called the police on me, sit down for this, Richard, because I said, officer, what was the crime? He said they felt intimidated by your presence. My mere presence. I wasn't even in the office, Richard. You know, that was like a, a lockdown bunker, for goodness sakes. So. You know, to me, this is scary because what is happening in the bigger picture, and this isn't the first time it's happened to us, Richard, is people are weaponizing law enforcement if they don't like your opinion. They phone the cops. They sick law enforcement on you for committing a thought crime. And to me, Richard, I think the police should have charged whoever made that call with making a false police report. Someone asking 
impolite and insensitive questions. That's not a crime in our Dominion of Canada. Well, not yet, but give blackface some time. I'm sure it will be. That's where we're headed. But that was just absolutely appalling. So uh, I'm, I'm guessing at this point, all of the um, the police in Toronto and Peel uh, are on a first name basis with you. <laughs> so uh, what did they uh, what did what did the officer say? What did he do? Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Gear Patrol calls their new dive watch the best sub $500 dive watch. Full stop. Men's Health rated them as the most stylish solar watch in the game. Who are we talking about? It's movement. They're leveling up your gift giving with the sleekest watches you can buy and the biggest deals of the season. From their innovative ceramic materials to sexy automatic divers, from ultra-thin dress watches to solar-powered statement pieces and everything in between. Movement is making sure you're the good gifter this year for your family, your friends, or for yourself. And now you can take advantage of 30 to 50% off Movement's California clean watches, jewelry, and accessories to get them a gift they'll never forget. With fast free shipping and returns and amazing bang for your buck, Movement makes for a relaxed shopping experience. And with one-size-fits-all watches, it's an easy, elegant gifting experience too. Shop 30 to 50% off now at MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. Well, Richard, you, uh, you are Nostradamus because as I was walking towards the police cruisers, I had my head down in my phone and I heard, David, David. And sure enough, <laughs> I look up and it is the supervisor. He knows my name, right? And, and I was shocked. So, um, yeah, basically he said, um, no, I haven't committed a crime, obviously, but it looks like what they're going to do. Uh, here's another um, weaponizing trick, um, Richard, and certainly three school boards have trespassed me for life um, in terms of going and covering their meetings, again, because of impolite questions. The police officer said it looks like they're going to make arrangements with the landlord to come up with a trespass notice so I can never show my face again in that hallway of that office or that tower or that parking lot, indeed, because technically that's private property. So, again, it's shutting down freedom of speech, freedom of the press, and it is odious. I never thought our country would devolve into this. And meanwhile, Richard, this is a man supporting Hamas, a group of terrorists. I mean, terrorists is light. Well, not according to the CBC, of course, but barbarians and savages for what they did almost a week ago in Israel. 
And yes. this guy gets the benefit of the doubt and his staff gets the benefit of the doubt. And someone that just wants to ask, I think, fair questions, fair but tough questions. The mainstream media aren't going to ask him, of course. Well, I'm the guy that uh, might end up in the paddy wagon. Unbelievable. Yeah. And you actually, when you think about it, you were doing him a favor. You were giving him an opportunity to walk back, um, you know, his his apparent support for a terrorist organization. You gave him an out and and um, his silence speaks volumes, really, doesn't it? I mean, that's unconscionable it, not it, to not to speak out and, and take up this opportunity to to condemn Hamas. A hundred percent. And just to give your audience a sneak peek on some other rebel stories probably appearing over the weekend, Richard, I went to Majid Johari's uh, constituency office. Uh, same deal. Locked paper on the windows. You can't see in, although I do, did know there was staff there. You know, I've lived in the city of Richmond Hill, which has a huge Persian minority. I think it's 14 percent, Richard. And I can tell you the Persians that I've met in this quarter century of living in Richmond Hill have been absolutely wonderful people. The people that fled Iran because of that horrible regime there. And you have to separate the Iranians from the Iranian regime. The only person I've ever had a problem with, guess what? The member of parliament for Richmond Hill, Majid Johari, who supports the regime and who's actually had meetings with Iranian politicians on Canadian soil. Now, this is completely relevant to what happened in Israel last week, Richard, because, as you know, Iran funds Hamas. That's That's where they get all their weapons from. And to have a member of parliament uh, that is pro-Iranian regime, outrageous. And another uh, visit we just had two um, hours ago, so it might go up on the weekend, was to the infamous Gara Sachs. She's the Liberal MP for York Centre. And if you recall, Richard, she said last year, uh, in demonizing and vilifying the patriots who made up the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa, she inferred that they were Nazis. She said that when you honk your horn twice, that's an acronym. These are her direct words for Heil Hitler. Uh, first of all, this idiot doesn't even know what an acronym means. I mean, it does. An acronym is not a description <laughs> of a sonic blast. But if we go to Gaza Plaza, which, contrary to its name, is not in the Gaza Strip, but is in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada, uh, nightly uh, groups have been gathering, driving their trucks, you know, their pickups around the plaza, honking their horn. Why hasn't Yara Sachs demonized and vilified them as, you know, having a codified response, uh, a message of Heil Hitler with their horn honking? Because as far as I can tell, and Richard, Hamas, make no mistake, that is an Islamo-Nazi organization. Now you really are talking about Nazis, but suddenly she's silent on this. It is the double standard of this liberal party is appalling, Richard. Well, it is appalling. And um, I I made the point earlier, I was quoting uh, Michael Shermer, who is an American science writer earlier in the show, uh, who actually makes a pretty convincing case. Actually, you could argue that Hamas is worse. They're worse than the Nazis because the Nazis uh, murdering six million Jews. They knew it was wrong because they tried to hide it and conceal it. Uh, Hamas 
they broadcast uh, their evil deeds on Facebook. They brag about it. They celebrate it. And so, too, do their supporters and their supporters here in Canada, which is just so incredibly disappointing and uh, and, and sad. Um, anyway, congratulations you know for, for trying to call out these MPs. Wait, you are 100 percent right. You know, yeah. contrary to popular belief, Richard, there was never any death camps in Germany, right? They exported uh, the atrocities, and it was all part of hiding it uh, mm-hmm. because they knew, even the Nazis knew to the German people, this would be a tough sell. And you are 100% right. Now we have people going on to social media, uh, posting the rep- most repugnant videos imaginable, Um this is a scary time in which we live, my friend. Yeah. And the the supporters of Hamas in this country, they are QP leaders. They are university professors. They yep. are airline pilots. They are police officers. Yep. It's scary. It's absolutely scary. Uh, David, how do we watch the Rebel Roundup? Oh, yes. Uh, you can go on to um, rebelnews.com. And of course, there's uh, the other platforms like Odyssey, Rumble, YouTube. And it's typically noon, uh, sorry, 1 p.m. till 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday to Friday. Ezra Levant, my beloved boss man, he's been doing the last three shows. He's been knocking it out of the park. So, uh, yeah. Um, and if you make a contribution of at least $5, Uh, We guarantee that we will read your comment uh, on air. All right. And uh, rumor has it that uh, Toronto's finest and Peel Region's finest are thinking about naming a donut after David Menzies because they have such a close relationship. (laughs) (laughs) David, thank you so much. All the best. (laughs) Thank you, Richard. Have a great weekend. David Menzies, Rebel News Mission Specialist and host of the Rebel Roundup. All right, open lines when we come back. Get on board at 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. Back with more of The Richard Serrett Show right here on News Talk Saga 960. Attention hockey fans, the Mississauga Steelheads Flex Pack is back and it's the perfect way to get the most for your money. With a minimum ticket purchase of six tickets, Flex Pack holders can choose which regular season games to attend and get the lowest ticket prices possible. If you're a hockey fan with a packed schedule, then the Flex Pack tickets are for you. Head to MississaugaSteelheads.com or go to Ticketmaster to get your tickets today. Let's get back at it on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. It's the Richard Serrett Show. Welcome back. 289-275-9600-289-275-9600. Open the door, Richard. Open the door and let me in. Open the door, Richard. Richard, why? I told you, not out of the woods yet. Friday the 13th. All right, 289-275. Ah, I was, everything was going so well. 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. The uh, numbers to get on board. You can call or you can text. And uh, we've got about uh, five minutes here. We can talk about whatever you'd like. Just ahead of Nigel Hannaford from the Western Standard. Uh, We're going to put another big W up on the board because the Supreme Court of Canada has struck down 
Trudeau's anti-pipeline legislation, C-69. This is huge. This is huge. Uh, So Nigel Hannaford will be uh, on the program momentarily to talk about that. And also, Premier Danielle Smith of Alberta has been disinvited to speak before a House of Commons Environment Committee. And she was going to discuss, well, her views on this whole net zero uh, nonsense and the uh, federal government's uh, policy to essentially self-destruct our economy by trying to uh, destroy the fossil fuel industry in this country. So uh, they've disinvited her. Nigel Hannaford will be here to talk about that. 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600. And I mentioned also coming up in hour two, Lisa Bildy, a litigation lawyer. And um, we're going to talk about, well, she represented uh, Dr. Colvinder Cowart-Gill, who's here in Brampton. And uh, I, I believe I spoke with her once on the program, maybe back in 2021. And right from the outset, uh, she was very vocal in her opposition to the government response, the public health response to COVID, masks and lockdowns, particularly lockdowns. And uh, she was just relentless and unapologetic on social media. And I know, uh, I mean, she took a lot of flack for that. Colleagues of hers um, bullied her and taunted her and attempted to cancel her. And then the uh, College of Physicians and Surgeons here in Ontario began an investigation and launched disciplinary hearings. And so she had that hanging over her head for quite some time. And, and these, these were all about her tweets, essentially. And there were other, college, uh, other uh, physicians, um, Dr. Patrick Phillips, who was uh, a regular on the program, also hauled before the Ontario College of Physicians and Surgeons for his opposition to the COVID response. And uh, I believe his license to practice medicine in Ontario was revoked. And yet, just about everything that Dr. Patrick Phillips and Dr. Cavender Cower Gill, Colvinder Cower Gill, everything that they um, discussed on uh, on social media, well, they were vindicated. They were proven correct. And Dr. Colvinder Cower Gill now is in the clear. It looks as if the uh, the uh, the College of Physicians and Surgeons they've dropped these uh, disciplinary proceedings. So we'll speak with her lawyer, Dr. Lisa Bildy, coming up a little bit later. So I mentioned that uh, Wired Magazine is um, the far left Wired Magazine. I, I used to read it. It was fine when they were talking about tech and science and so forth, and now they've just gone off the deep end. Just yet another woke rag. Uh, Wired Magazine calling anyone who was nervous today or who was, who was um, being vigilant, showing an abundance of caution today as far right, this after former Hamas leader basically was calling for a global day of general mobilization. And someone interpreted his remarks to suggest he was calling for a global jihad. 
today in response to uh, Israel's countermeasures against Hamas's terror attack. Imagine that, Wired Magazine coming to the defense of the former Hamas leader and saying, oh, he's being misquoted. Now, yes, some may have taken the opportunity um, to utter horrible things, threats, uh, and use bigotry and so forth against uh, Muslims. And that's unconscionable. That's, that's not right. But I think it's prudent. The Toronto police being prudent. Certain schools in the United States apparently closed today, just showing an abundance of caution. There's nothing wrong with that. We are living in very scary times. All right, we, um, we're going to take it. No, we're not taking a timeout. We've got uh, our good friend, the Lim- no, the Lim Riddler is coming up next, isn't he? What's coming up next? Nigel Hannaford's coming up next. That's right. Okay, traffic, and then Nigel Hannaford, and then the Lim Riddler. Back with more of the Richard Serrett Show right here on Saga 960. You're listening to the Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. All right, welcome back. So, uh, in hour two, we'll speak with lawyer Lisa Bildy about uh, Dr. Colvinder Cower-Gill and um, the College of Physicians and Surgeons here in Ontario has dropped their disciplinary hearings because she was right and they were wrong. So that's a big W. Another big W today. The Supreme Court of Canada has essentially killed Bill C-69. Okay. Sorry, I'm not sure what's happening. Uh, we're supposed to have Nigel Hannaford on? And I'm right here. There he is. Nigel Hannaford is with us, opinion editor. Sorry, I was just talking off the air to uh, to Jody. Nigel Hannaford, uh, opinion editor of the Western Standard based in Calgary. Nigel, a big W today, wouldn't you say? Uh, well, yes, it's always nice to be told you were right all along. It is, however, what the liberals have done here is to, first of all, tell you that they've got a new law. You say, no, that's not constitutional. Then they go ahead and use it anyway. Three years later, four years later, in fact, you find out that you were right all along. Meanwhile, they've killed your energy industry, or certainly they have vastly depleted it. So, as the Premier remarked, there's no real recompense for all the jobs and investment that were lost during that period of time. So, yes, it's good to win. It's good to be told you were right. But when all is said and done, this is a reference case. It's not an actual uh, piece of litigation. And the status quo today is what the status quo was ante, like yesterday. So, yeah, yeah, it's good to be told you're right, but we've paid a lot for this. That's true. So we call it the, you know, the anti-pipeline bill. But so what does this mean now? Does this mean that you know, we can we can start building pipelines again in this country without the federal government, you know, getting into everybody's way? Or what what, what does this ruling actually mean? Well, it, it does not mean that, unfortunately. Uh, that's assuming that, that any large company with money to spend was ready to start digging holes in the ground and laying pipe. But like I said, this was a reference case. This is where you hand the, the situation to the Supreme Court of Canada and say, well, what do you think of this? Uh, do you think this legislation is, 
is legal? And they and they say after a long time, well, no, actually we don't. And then the government comes on and says, well, it was just a reference case, so the law remains unchanged. Therefore, you're not about to get uh, to build pipelines tomorrow. Yeah, that's confusing to me. The Supreme, I'm not a lawyer, obviously, but the Supreme Court says it's not constitutional, therefore it's illegal, but the law remains the same? Uh, Well, you know, if they had actually litigated a particular case, then things would have changed. But when you basically pass it across the desk and say, here, have a look at this, what do you think? Then... Uh, they think, oh, actually, you're right. But the federal government is still the federal government and still has its uh, has its playing pieces on the on the table. We've got more work to do. But this is, I mean, it's, don't get me wrong. This is a good moment. I mean, Premier Smith has taken a good deal of stick over the past few years with people who don't like her or who disagree with her on the climate change, saying, no, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And she kept coming back and saying, look, the federal government is not staying in its own lane. Well, the court now agrees with her. That must be a tremendous satisfaction after all the, the abuse she's taken over that. Yes. Yes. So what, what what would you imagine would be the follow up to this? Uh, this was a reference case. Uh, how do we how do we completely break the back of Bill C-69? What, what, what could be done? OK, well, this is a, first of all, we're not the only people who have an interest in this. Because we're in Alberta and because energy is our business, we tend to think of nothing else but pipelines. But it wasn't just a no-pipeline bill. It was a no-mining bill. It was a no-build-a-new-dock bill. It was, a, it, it was uh, everything uh, from coast to coast to coast fell under this bill. And it wasn't just it's all provinces, and it wasn't just energy projects. So there are going to be other players in this, I do not know whether there's an Ontario mining company, for example, that is just waiting to get into the act, uh, waiting to launch this project, be denied, and then uh, sue under and use this reference case as a uh, as a proof. Uh, it could be an Alberta company, and I hope it is. Actually, we feel like we own this situation, but uh, it is going to take somebody to actually say, "All right, well, I want to do something." And uh, the federal government legislation is in my way. I claim the protection of this uh, reference case. It will, of course, be litigated. It will take time. And a lot of people will get very frustrated. The federal government, of course, will drag it out as long as it can. They're masters of that. That's the other thing that they do. Uh, just just litigate you to death. Um, but that's what it's going to take. Somebody's going to have to say, all right, I want to do something. Well, let me do it. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. 
tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Yes, or I suppose uh, short of that, an election in two years and hopefully Pierre Polyev uh, being good to his word and doing away with Bill C-69. I suppose that's always an option as well. Let me ask you, Nigel Hannaford here, opinion editor of the Western Standard. And um, Danielle Smith, Premier Smith, was in, initially invited uh, to speak before an environment committee at the House of Commons. And I think she wanted to address you know, her concerns, obviously, about what I call this suicide pill called net zero. And now she's been disinvited. Um, why? I ask rhetorically, why do you suppose that is? <laughs> well, let me ask. Let me ask you rhetorically. She's too smart for them. And the idea of uh, having Danielle Smith sitting there and with a microphone in front of a bunch that would have been, you could have sold tickets for that committee hearing these things are normally not populated with anybody but those who have to be there but the place would have been packed i mean i i i know miss miss smith long enough to know how nimble she is in debate and i i, I think that um they were certainly not anxious to be exposed for their their various follies and stupid attitudes but the other thing was uh I mean, I don't know this. I mean, I, I cannot say that this is the case, but I have to wonder whether they had had secret advice that the the reference case was going to go against the government. And I can just imagine Premier Smith making a, what kind of a speech. Man, I would like to write it for her. I would like to, but I can certainly imagine what she would have said on Tuesday, which is when this meeting was supposed to be, if she went there armed with the Supreme Court decision and uh, wanted to have it out with the Environmental and Sustainable Development Committee, they would have looked like, uh, I, I think that they would, they would have had a very difficult time with her, and uh, rightly so. So maybe that's what it was. No doubt. Nigel Hannaford, opinion editor of the Western Standard based in Calgary. Nigel, great to speak with you. Thank you so much for this. All right, Richard, we finally made it work. All <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. First we filled your mind. Now, let's twist it. This is The Lim Riddler. Happy Friday, uh, Friday, Lim Riddler. We made it on the 13th, no less. How are you, buddy? Oh, he's just joining now. Here we go. The Lim Riddler. He is there, even on Friday the 13th. How are you? Hello there. There we go. We got you. Hey, Limmerler, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, Richard. Yourself? Not too bad, thanks. Not too bad at all. All right. So we are looking for a one-word answer that solves this riddle. There are four clues, and uh, it's called Pick Up the Bill. You're going to send your one-word answer to info at limriddles.com, info at limriddles.com. Put 960 in the subject line. That way we know you heard the riddles on uh, the Richard Serrett Show and then be listening just before the news at 6 when I reveal the answer, announce the names of the winners. Uh, also, what should we do when we're at limriddles.com? Well, while you're on the site, be sure to uh, to sign up. Uh, subscribe. Uh, go to the subscribe button and enter your email address, and then you'll receive the Limerdle every week at this time in fact a few minutes before uh, i go on the air uh, it's always easier to solve the limerdle if you can read it if you can see it in front of you as opposed to just hearing it 
All right, pick up the bill. Now, who is going to uh, have an advantage when trying to solve this riddle? Well, definitely, and I have to make a point of this. Yesterday, if people aren't aware, it was National Day of Spain. So anybody who's Spanish or speaks Spanish might have a, a little bit of an advantage uh, on this one. Um, it's actually celebrated by Hispanics, I think, throughout, uh, throughout the Americas. It's also um, National Spanish Language Day. And if I'm not mistaken, October 12th uh, yesterday coincides with the purported uh, discovery of uh, the Americas by uh, Columbus. We don't want to put too fine a point on that claim, do we? <laughs> All right, pick up the bill. Let's hear it. There it goes. Pie isn't pastry for folks in Seville. Anapest trochee, I am, and dactyl. Ego goes south when it's put in your mouth. Treat all your buddies and pick up the bill. All right, I had this one at breakfast this morning, or I received it, and I um, uh, no clue, no this clue. This is toughy. This one's it is a than toughie. Most, I, think. I agree. I agree. All right. So, uh, again, be sure to be listening just before the news at 6 when I reveal the answer and announce the name of the winner. One lucky winner will receive a pair of tickets to see the Steelheads in action at home against Saginaw. That's tomorrow, Saturday, October the 14th at 4 p.m. Lim Riddler, you have a great weekend. We'll talk again next week. Richard. Thanks. Bye for now. Bye for now. The Lim Riddler. (laughs) Solve this puzzle. The Lim Riddler. Every Friday at 4.50 on The Richard Serrett Show on Saga 9.60 a.m. All right, hour two coming up. Lisa Bildy will talk about Dr. Colvinder Coward-Gill, her victory over the Ontario College of Physicians and Surgeons, open lines, and, of course, steelhead talk with Brendan Lang and the great Greg Carrasco. All coming your way in mere minutes right here on The Richard Serrett Show. Saga at 9.60. Stay with us. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Seeking truth and justice in a battleground of deception and corruption, this is The Richard Serrett Show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, stick your head out and yell, I'm as bad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. We must not allow ourselves to be intimidated. Our task is not only to win the battle, but to win the war. Welcome to Hour 2 of The Richard Serrett Show. And if you missed Hour 1, you missed a lot, but uh, don't despair. Still, plenty of great programming coming your way, including Canada's Joe Rogan, the great Greg Carrasco, heard right here on Saga 960 Saturday mornings, 8 to 11. He joins us every Friday, last order of business. And uh, we'll get a preview of what's coming up on his appointment tune radio broadcast uh, tomorrow morning. And uh, I saw this 
I was reading, um, I, I think this, it's the, I don't know if this is the average um, price for a one bedroom apartment in Toronto, if whether it's average or what it is, but $2,600 I saw, $2,600 for a one bedroom. I mean, never buying, buying a house, that's just out of reach for just about everybody, unless you have more money than God. But even renting, how can you afford to rent in this city, a one bedroom? We'll get into that in, uh, in uh, other matters. We'll also open up the phone lines this hour at 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600. You can call or you can text. 289-275-9600. Well, uh, I was talking earlier about Bill C-69. The Supreme Court of Canada has um, ruled it unconstitutional. And it's while it's not as big a victory as one would have hoped, as uh, Nigel Hannaford from the Western Standard was explaining, it's still kind of a W. We'll put that up on the board as a W. And we have to celebrate our victories where and when we can. Well, here's another W. The disciplinary proceedings against outspoken Dr. Culvinder Cower Gill have been withdrawn by the Ontario College of Physicians and Surgeons. Uh, she's here in, uh, I believe she's in Brampton, practicing medicine. And I have to be honest with you, she's, she was such a hero to so many of us uh, during some bleak days in COVID. She was one of the, the lone voices crying in the wilderness. And she was sharing scientific studies and opinions about COVID-19 policies on, uh, on Twitter, now X, since the beginning of the pandemic, um, including her, her concerns about the harms caused by lockdowns and mandates, particularly uh, to the most marginalized members of society. And she was vindicated. She has been vindicated as far as I'm concerned. And now the college has dropped their disciplinary uh, proceedings. Lisa Bildy is a litigation lawyer with Libertas Law, and she joins us now. Lisa, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm I'm very well, and I'm elated. I know this happened a couple of weeks ago, um, but uh, we're just having an opportunity to to speak to you now about this. Uh, first of all, um, this must be a huge, a huge weight off of uh, Dr. Gill's uh, shoulders. How is she feeling these days? Oh, she's thrilled. I mean, it, you're absolutely right. It's you don't maybe appreciate how much these things can weigh on you when you're when you're not going through it yourself. But it is a, a terrible burden to carry around to have this sort of, you know, pending um, acts over your head, basically, and and not knowing how it's going to go. And it, they, they tend to drag on for a long period of time. So so she's very, very happy that at least this this particular issue is finished. Now, she has other legal issues outstanding, including uh, the earlier uh, series of investigations and complaints that were were launched back in 2020, and uh, so that is actually going to a judicial review. So, so we're not entirely finished with the college, but at least the more recent investigation has been dropped. Right. Um, the um, the earlier complaints were these the non patient complaints uh, or these. Which ones are still underway specifically um, are still ongoing? So in 2020, there were seven, I believe, uh, non-patient members of the public who just didn't like her opinions on Twitter, basically. And uh, there was a there was basically, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a mob that formed that was trying to get everybody to call in complaints against her. And uh, and so these these people did. And the, so the college did. um 
also started its own investigation at that same time. So so there were, in effect, eight different proceedings ongoing, the seven, seven members of the public plus the college. And uh, those went to what we call the um, ICRC, which is uh, basically a review or screening committee that the college has. All the regulatory bodies have something like this. And they, it's up to them to decide whether something goes on to a disciplinary hearing or whether it can be resolved or dismissed at that earlier stage. And so they dismissed five of the complaints, but three of them they ordered cautions, which is kind of the highest punishment that they can order. And it is actually a, a fairly serious consequence uh, because it goes on her public record indefinitely. Uh, word of it is sent around to all the hospitals and regulatory bodies across the continent. So it's not just a quiet little, you know, maybe you should correct this behavior. It is still very, very public. And for that reason, she's challenging those cautions. Um, and and as I say, they're going to judicial review uh, next spring. Uh, is the is the science behind, you know, her the claims that she she was making on Twitter? And again, she was citing scientific studies and and scientific opinions uh, from, you know, Nobel Prize winners and so forth. Um, do they actually in these before they dropped these hearings, I mean, or these uh, proceedings were the 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 merits of her arguments ever, you know, weighed or discussed? Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and overpolicing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. No, not really. I mean, um, you know, I can't get into to too much uh, sort of that the college has disclosed, but uh, I didn't really see much engagement with the merits of her argument. Um, and, you know, and it was just basically withdrawn without any without any explanation at all. So your guess is as good as mine as to why they decided not to proceed further with it. It was scheduled for 15 days of hearing, um, hearing days back. Uh, well, I guess it was to start at the end of January of 2024. Uh, so, it was, so it was coming up and we were preparing for it, getting geared up and lining up experts and so on. And, uh, and, now, and now it's just, just been stopped. And, and no idea, no, no, no uh, speculation as to why did they were they concerned that they were going to lose? And she's probably been, you know, vindicated, as I say, on on just about everything that she she posted on social media. Well, I like to think so. I mean, I think the angle that the college is looking at is is is, um, you know, their concern about misinformation. They've expressed that in public posts on on their Twitter page and so on, too, that that they're concerned about about this question of misinformation. But at what point? You know, you have to you have to take a an honest look at the stuff that's been that's been said and determine is this in fact going to be seen as misinformation? It's well supported. Um, it, it's supported by peer reviewed papers very often, and 
So I think they probably did recognize they would have a, a, a difficult battle on that front. Um, but I, I can't speak for them. I don't know exactly what went through the, the uh, de- deliberations behind the scenes. Um, but certainly, I don't think that anything she said was misinf- misinformation, in fact. And uh, um, it's important to be able to have fulsome conversations about science and so on. That's how, that's how it works. What about the the treatment that she received uh, from from colleagues, so called uh, colleagues? Um, that that must have been very difficult for her as well. Um, you know, again, just feeling alone and and not getting the support of colleagues. Or did she receive support from colleagues? Well, I don't want. I can't speak for her too much in this regard. I mean, she's she's her personal life is, is quite private, and and so she hasn't really talked much about that. Um, publicly, but uh, I'm sure it was very difficult to have many of your colleagues piling on. And, and in fact, some of the complaints were from other doctors, not people that she knew, but but doctors nonetheless. Uh, however, there have also been many doctors who've reached out to to thank her, whether privately or publicly. Uh, you know, you have to remember there were a lot of people who agreed with her, but just for whatever reason didn't have the wherewithal or the weren't in a position to publicly support her. Uh, but she certainly had behind the scenes support from from her colleagues. Do you think there's there are any uh, parallels between this regulatory body going after her, although they've withdrawn their disciplinary hearings, and the Ontario College of um, Psychiatrists going after Dr. Jordan Peterson? Well, there is. There's a commonality between uh, amongst all of these regulators. And as you may know, I have another hearing that's quite prominent going uh, resuming later this month uh, for a nurse out in B.C. who's being disciplined by her regulatory college for her gender critical comments on Twitter. So we are seeing a lot of these regulatory bodies, which were legislatively tasked with ensuring that the public is kept safe from, you know, in the case of of health professionals, from um, you know, incompetence or unethical treatment. Uh, you know, when it's lawyers, you don't want them skimming the trust funds. Th- those are important roles for regulators to have. But in recent times, they have been kind of flexing their muscles a little bit and going after off-duty speech on Twitter, very often on issues that are not at all related to their, you know, to their to their practice or their discipline. And uh, for basically, it's it's the kind of people who are who are counter narrative to the sort of woke ideology that are, that are the ones that are targeted the most. So yeah, there's a lot of parallels. All right. So in the meantime, you're gearing up for um, another another hearing this time before a, a committee of the College of Physicians and Surgeons, and that's uh, getting underway in 2024. Yeah, no, this next round, since it's already been through the committee stage, and we've also, we've also appealed the public complaints to uh, the Health Professions Appeal and Review Board, and they upheld the earlier college committee's decisions. So the next step for all of these is, is divisional court. We're going to divisional court in the new year on uh, for Dr. Gill. Um, and we're going to see if, if the divisional court will agree that uh, that it was not reasonable for for these orders to be made without cons- due consideration of her freedom of expression and other rights that she has. Uh, will you be able, will you be calling expert witnesses uh, at the divisional court level or? No, at that stage, we don't get to call witnesses. Uh, it's basically just an argument on the legal grounds. Uh, it's not a it's not a trial. So and, and it's basically limited to the decision, the materials that were before the decision maker below and whether and the question really is whether it was a reasonable decision, um, you know, for those decision makers to make with the information that they had before them. 
Well, I wish you and uh, Dr. Gale the best of luck on this, and I hope uh, you're vindicated once again, and she's vindicated once again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Lisa Bildy is a litigation lawyer with Libertas Law. All right, when we come back, we're going to open up the phone lines again. 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600, call or text. The Richard Serrett Show returns in about three minutes right here on Saga 960. Welcome back to The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. All right, welcome back. 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. You can call or you can text. And um, I'm seeing some texts there, but they're for Randy Taylor. (laughs) 289-275-9600, 289-something about Barack Obama was the one that built the cages. I think that has something to do with the the border, the U.S. border. 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. Brendan Lang coming up in... uh, a few minutes to uh, give us a preview of tomorrow afternoon's actions against or action against uh, Saginaw at the Paramount Fine Food Center. What is Saginaw's uh, Saginaw, Michigan? What is their uh, the team name? We're not sure. We don't care. They're Saginaw. They're the enemy. <laughs> Uh, and be sure to be listening just before the news at six, because uh, one lucky winner uh, who uh, answers or solves the limb riddle correctly will uh, win a pair of tickets to see the uh, trout in action tomorrow afternoon, 4 p.m. I've not been to the Paramount Fine Food Center. Jody, when am I going to get free tickets so I can go see them play? What about you me? Tell me. <laughs> when are you free? We can take you whenever you want. All right. Well, I'm uh, I'm going to bring my my two lads, my two uh, strapping young lads, and uh, we're going to go to see the trout in action. And they're good this year. They're I mean they were great last year, but uh, I think they're exceeding uh, expectations the way they've been playing of late. At least the last time I talked to Brendan and uh, our good friend Mike Carafalitis, uh the play-by-play dudes with the steelheads. And, of course, you can hear the uh, action, all the action, right here on Saga 960. 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. Oh, look at who it is. My only friend. Anonymous. He doesn't, this is how ashamed he is of calling into the program. He doesn't even, he doesn't want people to know his real name. So he calls in anonymously. (laughs) What's going on, Anonymous? Uh, why won't you tell me uh, your you. name? Just make up a name and don't ever, don't use anonymous anymore. Just make up a name and stick with it, okay? Well, why don't you call me off the line and I'll tell you. Oh, you keep okay, there you but, go again with that. Yeah. Okay, okay. We have to we have to compromise, you know. Uh Richard, I want to tell you people who do decapitations and do all those uh, activities, uh, you know, they must be like uh, either they had been done this too in the past lives or otherwise they don't know what they are doing and they don't believe in consequences. 
this is the time to raise people from the dead. This is a uh, 13th of, uh, you know, Friday the 13th. Maybe this is a good uh, day to do that. You know, raise people from the dead. I'd like to talk to you. This, we, have, we can do great thing in this world because if people don't believe in past life or like any life after death and consequences, this is never going to stop. We cannot solve any problems because this is, we are talking about beliefs. You know, we, we need to clarify this. I'm just saying that... Um, this is what well, I'd like to talk with you. Maybe you'll find something. Uh, what I well, we're talking right now. Interesting. We're, no, we're talking right now. You're, we're talking on the air right now. We you have, want we... to raise people from the dead right now, the way I can. You you can raise people from wanna... the dead. Yeah, you can. Raise I will tell you the way. Okay. I will Go tell ahead. you. Okay. Right. Well, this is interesting for you to hear. I'll tell you my point of view on this. Okay, Jesus said, uh, the greater things that I have done, that they will do, my disciples, right? Yes. So the idea is that uh, he was able to raise people from the dead. So the question is, who is raising people in the, from the dead today is among any Christians? Uh, this is a challenge from Jesus. If they're real uh, Christians, this is a good question, why they're not doing it. Or I'm going to tell this was a question to me. Personally, like I, I was thinking, how is that possible? What I found, I'm a scientifically minded person. You know what? If we look in the mirror, uh, what we see is some kind of image, right? But actually, according to the latest science, we know it's a multicellular organization, right? But this is just in our minds. We think of some kind of whatever we see. But every cell is a multi-atomic organization, right? That is true. So there are no cells, just atoms. Are there atoms, actually, according to the physics, there are subatomic particles. Therefore, if we split everything to the smallest parts of us we will find out according to quantum theory or string theory we are strings or uh, quantum uh, in religious terminologies we are spirits if we will understand that we are spirits we have past lives we are not dying as uh, atomic organizations we, we are organisms you understand we are not conscious of it but this is the yeah, moment I, of understanding I, and yeah, then I don't we believe, can see well, that there are future and okay. then there are consequences. People mm. have to know. Whatever those who do decapitations, they will be done this to whoever they decapitated in the next life. So if we could see that, we probably wouldn't do it. That would be stupid, right? Like, who wants to be decapitated? So don't do it. You're going to be done this to you. Like, this is karma. That's what I'm talking about. Sins, consequences, judgment, justice. That's what we're talking about. Well, there, you don't have to believe, but anonymous, anonymous, anonymous. Yeah. You don't, you don't sure. have to believe in reincarnation, though, uh, to believe I'm in. I'm talking a about cycling, recycling, Richard. Cycling, recycling. Well, whatever word. Okay. Reincarnation is a different a little bit. All right. That's what so I'm talking about. This is a. Yes. All right. I, I appreciate it. Um, I mean, again, recycling um, or reincarnation, whatever you want to call it, you don't have to believe in that. Um, in order to to believe in a judgment, I mean, there is even if you're a materialist and you don't believe in an afterlife. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and overpolicing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. 
Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Uh, you can understand judgment. And if you were to tell a Hamas terrorist that once he's apprehended, he's going to be he's going to be executed. Do you think facing that judgment is going to deter any of his colleagues in Hamas? No, it won't. Whether they get judgment in this life or another. It's not going to deter them. It has nothing to do with reincarnation. They they believe, regardless of the judgment, that what they're doing is a just cause, a holy cause. After decades and decades of brainwashing, have you seen these these children being interviewed in Gaza? Four or five year olds reciting how you know Jews are evil and we must kill Jews. How do you reverse that? It's going to take generations and generations and generations. All right, we'll uh, come back and take some more calls. 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. Back with more of the Richard Serrett Show right after these. The Bull Session continues on the Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. Call or text. All right, I was uh, mentioning earlier Wired Magazine, far left Wired Magazine, upset that uh, here in the West we're taking an abundance of caution on this day because the former Hamas leader was calling for a, a global day of mobilization, and some interpreted it as a, a global day of jihad uh, to strike back because... Israel is, uh, you know, conducting an operation now in Gaza. And incidentally, yes, there will be um, there will be carnage in Gaza, which is a, a horrible tragedy. Innocent Palestinians are going to die. But that's on oh, that's on Hamas. As I've mentioned, here's something very interesting, though. Uh, Israel, the IDF. Well, the Israeli government in particular has has told the residents of Gaza. Gaza City. To leave evacuate immediately because they they're trying to avoid as as much as possible civilian deaths they don't want to harm innocent civilians they don't want to harm innocent palestinians they're telling them please leave get out get out of harm's way so what does the hamas leadership do they tell the Palestinians that's fake news. Stay where you are. Why would they do that? Why would they do that? Because Hamas is using innocent Palestinians as human shields. They need them to stay. And also, of course, Hamas is hoping that as many Palestinian civilians as possible die because that helps their cause. Then they can point to the world and say, see, you see what Israel is doing to the uh, innocent Palestinians? 
That's on Hamas. That tells you everything you need to know. Israel is telling Palestinians to evacuate. Hamas is telling them it's fake news. Stay where you are. That's right. Stay where you are and die. 289-275-9600. So Wired Magazine, all upset because people are taking precautions after the former Hamas leader called for a global day of mobilization. And I mentioned there was an embassy worker. It worked at the Israeli embassy in Beijing. And um, he was attacked and stabbed multiple times. We had a, a teacher and two colleagues in France. Well, a teacher was uh, was murdered by a radicalized Chechen who shouted out Allah Akbar as he killed this individual. And two of the teachers, the dead person's uh, colleagues were seriously injured. So obviously, radical Islamists are uh, are heeding the words of the former Hamas leader. And it is, as far as they're concerned anyway, a global day of jihad. A member of the Palestine Scholars Association in the Diaspora, Mahmoud al-Shajrawi, is, uh, can be seen on video boasting about a new fatwa issued by his organization that allows the murders of Israelis, quote, wherever they may be. That would include Canada and the United States. A member of the Palestine Scholars Association in the Diaspora. That's meaning outside of Palestine or outside of the Gaza or areas that Palestinians claim as their own. A new fatwa allowing the murder of Israelis wherever they may be. This was uh, captured by the Middle East Media Research Institute. He said on October the 9th on Al-Quds Al-Tum TV, his organization issued a wonderful fatwa stating it is permissible to kill Israelis wherever they may be, whether it is in the West Bank, within Israel's 1948 border, or in the Arab countries that have normalized relations with Israel. There you go. All right. When we come back, Brendan Lang, play-by-play announcer, color commentator with the Mississauga Steelheads with a preview of tomorrow afternoon's actions against uh, action against Saginaw. Back with uh, that when we come back. Stay with us. Just having a little chin wag on the Richard Serrett Show. News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. They score! They score! Austin Matthews has won the game! Here's McTeeny! The Mississauga Steelheads have a very, very busy weekend. They're in uh, Guelph tonight and then back home on Saturday and Sunday with uh, matchups against Saginaw and Erie. And here with a look ahead, a preview of the upcoming action, Brendan Lang, play-by-play announcer, color commentator with the Mississauga Steelheads. Hey, Brendan, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Richard? I'm very well. Wow. Uh, One loss so far this season. They're off to a great start, uh, coming off a big win against the uh, Brantford Bulldogs in their last game. What did you like from them in that one? 
Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really good uh, fight from them right off right off the opening faceoff. And I think that that's something that Mississauga has been able to do here pretty well. That game against Oshawa may be a little bit of an anomaly. And with a young team, you're going to see that. They have so many 16, 17-year-olds kind of in their first, second season in the OHL, especially in that game in Oshawa. Three Steelheads players making their OHL debuts, including Jack Ivankovic, the goalie. So... I think they got off to a little bit of a slow start in Oshawa, really able to turn it around against that game, against that uh, in that game against Brantford, kind of turning things around, coming back home. And I feel like Mississauga, once they can get off to those good starts and kind of score the first goal and get into that type of opportunity, then they can really rely on their defense and Ryerson Leanders, who's been in net and he's been great all season. So I really like that from them. And then also just keeping the pressure on the entire game and not really letting off as the game uh, progressed. Uh, part uh, Porter is it Martone or Martoni? Martone, yes. Yeah, Peter uh, Porter Martone. He scored what a beautiful goal um, uh, on Sunday. What what can you say about his play as well as the play really of that whole first line so far this season? Yeah, I mean, starting off with with Porter, he's he's really kind of taken that step forward, and and he's still only sixteen, and he's not eligible for the NHL draft until two thousand twenty five. So he's somebody that you're looking; he's probably going to be going in the top ten in that OHL draft. A guy that Mississauga's playing here uh, coming up at home on Saturday, Luke or Luke Misa, Michael Misa, Luke Misa's brother, um, also kind of in that mix. But Porter Martone is, has really kind of taken the next step, not only with his play on the offensive side, but on the defensive side, also playing with that physicality, which he always has. So he kind of does so many things for the Steelheads. And then that whole first line playing up there with Luke Misa and Angus McDonnell, McDonnell, of course, with Dallas uh, training camp this preseason. So he got a lot of time with them and kind of got some experience there. Those three guys have really meshed together well, and they've been able to play again, not just on the offensive side of the puck, but on the defensive side as well. Uh, that brings us to Xander Vecchia, uh, still without a goal so far this year. How does he break out of this uh, drought he's in right now? Yeah, I mean, Vecchia is a guy who, coming into the season, losing their overage player, the greatest player in Steelhead's history, and James Hardy, you kind of look to somebody to kind of fill that void of, of goal scoring. And Xander Vecchia was kind of going to be in that mix, and they were going to have to do it by committee because it's going to be too difficult to completely replace a guy like James Hardy. But I think Vecchia, he got off to maybe a little bit of a slow start, but even though he hasn't scored yet, I think the last couple games he's really shown strides on the offensive side of the rink. He really plays that power forward type of game. He doesn't really stay around on the outside and shoot the puck. He likes to go to the net. He likes to go to the dirty areas. And he's been doing that. He had a few really good rushes uh, against Brantford, one of them crashing right into the net. He's still getting into those gritty areas, and he's still doing the things that will allow him to score. And I feel like he's somebody, too, who's been a really streaky player throughout his entire career. So once that first one goes in, I could see a hot streak coming for Xander. But I think right now he just kind of needs to continue to play that power forward game, continue to drive to the net, and I think everything will, will work out for him. You mentioned Ryerson Landers, and he's been standing on his head for the trout. What? Why is he getting off to such a great, a, a hot start, and how how does he keep that going? Yeah, I mean, he took the job last year from Alessio Bellieri, who was thought to be the number one. Ryerson Leanders being a 16-year-old playing for the Steelheads into the playoffs against North Bay, which doesn't really happen in the OHL. You don't really see 16-year-old goalies lead their team into the postseason. And he looked really good in his rookie year. And then, like you just mentioned, I mean, he's looked even better coming out of the gates here in his in his sophomore season. And I know one of my broadcast partners, Zach Bodenstein, he said it many times. And 
He's been the best goalie in the OHL. And I think the reason for that, he's always been extremely athletic. He's always had a really good glove hand. But working with the Steelheads coaching staff, he's really been able to fine-tune his positioning, able to move laterally extremely well. And and when you're in the right position, it makes it easier to stop those tipped shots, to stop those shots that may have screens in front of the net. So I think that that kind of going back to the positioning and pairing that with the already great athleticism that he does have, that's kind of what's uh, led him to being off to such a hot start here for Mississauga. Steelheads in uh, Guelph tonight, both teams really hot, one loss uh, each. Uh, What does Mississauga need to do to come away with the win tonight? Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to to the point I made in that game against Brantford. They're just going to have to get off to a hot start. And sometimes it's difficult on the road. You might have those bus legs. Not too long of a drive up to Guelph, so maybe they can kind of shake that off a little bit easier. But if you can get off to a hot start once again, maybe get that first goal, at least get some really good pressure down in the offensive zone, and then rely on your goaltending, which has been so great. I, I think that's kind of the recipe that Mississauga has been able to go with. And I think that that's what James Rickman would be expecting from his team here coming out in Guelph. And then finally, uh, Saturday and Sunday this weekend, uh, home and home against uh, Saginaw and Erie. Uh, what do you, which matchup are you looking forward to the most? Um, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Saginaw. I think the Erie matchup is going to be great because they've already seen each other uh, a few times. This will be the third time already in the young season. They've already played one game here where they they won scoring three goals in the first period to start off the season. But the reason I'm going to say Saginaw is because we get to get Michael Misa into the building. Michael Misa against Luke Misa, kind of that uh, brother matchup. So I'm really excited to to, to see what that game can uh, can hold for for Mississauga and just for hockey fans in general. All right, but it's uh, Guelph tonight. We've got all the action right here on Saga 960. Brendan Lang, play-by-play announcer, color commentator for the Mississauga Steelheads. Brendan, thank you so much. Have fun. Thank you very much. Have a great day, Richard. You too. All right, if you want to see the uh, Steelheads in action, you can get your tickets at the box office at the Paramount Fine Food Center, or you can call the box office at 905-502-7788. Sorry, 905-502-7788. 7788. All right. The great Greg Carrasco standing by. There's something happening here that's coming up next. Let's rejoin the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk Saga 960 AM. Something's happening here. Yeah, it's called a steak at the keg right after the show. That's where I'm heading with my good buddy Greg Carrasco. Hang in there, everyone. It's worth the wait. It's Greg Carrasco, after all. Canada's Joe Rogan. Heard every Saturday morning, 8 to 11. Uh, but we do. We get together for uh, steak. Oh, every every few months. And um, he orders it Chicago style. I've, I've heard Chicago style. I used to hear people order it. I had no idea what Chicago style means. Do you know what it means, Jody? To have Chicago style steak? It's basically raw. Chicago style is raw, but they just for the um, not to. Can you hear me now? I can, Greg. You're here. I was just explaining to Jody what I mentioned. We're going out to dinner and I was explaining to her what Chicago style is. It's 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 raw, basically. Right. But it's just it's cooked a little bit on the outside just so that the patrons, you know, don't see a a raw meat sitting on your plate and get all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it's uh, yeah, it's a specific type of steak that you uh, you kind of burn it on the outside to sear it, but the inside is absolutely raw and cold, uh, and that's the only way to eat steak, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, you know, what can I say? You know, uh, um, a member of the family just uh, started a meat uh, like the carnivore diet, like Jordan Peterson, only eats meat. 
Yep. And uh, seeing it results immediately, immediately. Um, I mean, you're, are you, well, you, you eat some greens, right? I, I think I've seen some salad on your plate occasionally. Um, in, well, what I can tell you is this about two months ago, I went uh, fully carnivore. Uh, I did it for a, a month straight. Um, I lost approximately 10 pounds in a month. I have never felt better in my entire life. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. I. Um, I'm a carnivore at the best of times because I've, mostly the, of the stuff that I eat is just meat in the ketogenic system. But uh, I decided to take it one step further, and um, I, I was consuming about uh, two and a half pounds of meat and fat a day. Um, the most. The most important part, uh, Richard, is that uh, a lot of it was fat. So you need to consume a tremendous amount of fat, which is, you know, part of your uh, brain fuel. And, uh, um, you know, I cannot I can't tell you, uh, Richard, how incredible I felt. Um, People don't understand how much easier and simple your diet becomes once you start eating just one thing all the time. You know, we have been confused. A variety is something that you need in your diet, but that's not historically. That was never the case. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and I'm hearing more and more of this, uh, and even some doctors now are starting to come on board with this whole idea of a carnivore diet. And of course, you know, the uh, the environmentalists are all upset because they want us to eat less red meat uh, because we have to reduce our carbon footprint and we have to subsist on, I don't know, seaweed and uh, crickets <laughs> and tofu <laughs> and tofu. Yeah, but the but but the answer to to good health may be, in fact, going back to you know the caveman days and eating just meat, just meat. Well, so, look at I mean when I when I talk to people about this and they say that you have to do it for environmental reasons because you love animals, and you know the argument is very simple: you want to kill animals. Plan something because whenever you plan something, you need to kill every single living creature that lives on that field, whether it's the uh, insects, the rabbits, the uh, the birds, anything that has to do that would could potentially uh, have any damage to your crops. It needs to be killed. So you are destroying ecosystem. You know, look, I eat one cow. <laughs> that's that's mostly what I would eat in one year. I would have a full cow because I, I eat a lot of meat. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing what's on your plate and mine uh, in a couple of hours. I, I, I ran across this as an article. I don't know if this is the average price, but uh, someone was citing the, the price of a one bedroom apartment in Toronto. Twenty six hundred dollars. Like forget about ever owning a home in Toronto. That's just, you know, that's out of reach for for most people now. But even renting. One bedroom, $2,600. Who can afford to live in this city? Uh, the problem in the city and having kids that are of the age in which they're going to have to get a, a home at some point, um, the interest rates are making this in, impossible to achieve. Um, now, I don't think that anybody can afford it. And you, what you, you find because even though the rents are so high, they're still not high enough to be able to support that debt. So many people are, you know, walking around with negative cash flow on their investment properties. For the very long time, Richard, people are not making money on actual real estate. You know, the market is stagnant right now. Uh, things are not selling. Uh, we've seen it here in Oakville and uh, 
uh, we see it with our customers, um, you know, whenever they buy cars. You see, the, the car business is directly related. You can buy houses, you can buy a car. That's what usually takes place, right? I don't think that um, we are looking at the at the worst of this yet because many of these five-year mortgages that were being given to homeowners five years ago are not due yet. And those, a lot of those people were paying 09 1.2, 1.5% mortgage rates. So the worst is yet to come. That's the way I see it. That's true. Twenty five. I was at twenty five percent of mortgages. I was talking with uh, John Jonathan Wellham from Rocklink Investment Partners uh, yesterday. Something like twenty five percent of mortgages, they're they're not even paying any of the principal on their mortgage. They can't even afford to pay the principal. They're just paying the interest. And so who who takes that up? The banks are banks now. Uh, you know, once heralded as the most stable banking system in the world, are under increasing increasing pressure. It, you're right. I mean. How long before we start using throwing around the D word as in depression? That's uh, pretty scary stuff. Let me ask you, what's uh, coming up on the big show tomorrow? Um, you know, I I, I I have to say this, uh, Richard. I was uh, bullied by Jody. Uh, Jody likes to do these things to me, and uh, she she forced me to speak to a medium a few weeks back. And mm-hmm. uh, we are, we're going to have an interview with uh, Stacia Gurus, which is a very very. A famous uh, medium that um, took me for a ride to the other side. Um, you know, I'm always curious. I don't know if you've ever heard of a book called Travels by Michael Crichton, uh, the guy no. that wrote. Jurassic I know Michael Park. Crichton. Yeah, great writer. Yeah, he uh, he he decided to embark himself into different experiences, and you know, I'm a natural skeptic. Um, and uh, but I can tell you, after having this conversation with Stacy. You know, there is a lot of generalities, of course, but there are some things that, oh, my God, Richard, I, <laughs> I have to tell you, but it's like, whoa, how would you know this? Now, you can take the approach that, you know, even a broken clock, you know, is right twice a day. Uh, you can certainly take that approach. But there were some things that was were said in this interview that I did with Stacy that was honestly it's quite eerie, make the hairs on my arms just stand up. I also have uh, Selena Mello, who is um, is an executive member of the uh, Lakeshore Art Trail. There is a massive art exhibit in Mississauga this weekend, and uh, she's going to talk to us about this um, historical home in South Mississauga that was used during the war that now is being used as, a, as an art gallery, and uh, we are going to explore the arts in the city of Mississauga. So in the first hour, we're going to dedicate it to help people make better decisions buying cars because uh, this keeps coming up time and time again. People making bad choices when it comes to their automotive decisions. And uh, I, I need to keep making a dent. That's that's what I have on the show tomorrow. You're doing the Lord's work. You're doing a public service. Greg Carrasco, Saturday mornings, 8 to 11, right here on Saga 960. Greg, I'll see you shortly for steak. I'll see you in a little bit. I can't wait. Love you, Richard. Love you, brother. All right. He may talk to a medium, but he never eats medium. It's always raw, raw. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Bye. Bye-bye. And now, your Lim Riddler answer and this week's winners. All right, very quickly, this week's Lim Riddle. Pick up the bill. Pie is in pastry to folks in Seville. Anapest, Trochee, and Iam Dactyl. Ego goes south when it's put in your mouth. Treat all your buddies and pick up the bill. Did you get it? 
The answer to today's limb riddle is foot, foot. Pie isn't pastry to folks in Seville. Uh, pie is Spanish for foot. Anibus, trochi, iam, and dactyl. That's a basic measure in poetry. Uh, those are basic measures in poetry. The foot determined by the number of pattern of a stressed and unstressed syllables. Uh, ego goes south when it's put in your mouth. Well, when you put your foot in your mouth, we all know that. Treat all your buddies and pick up the bill. You foot the bill. The first five to answer correctly were Jeff Corbett of Mississauga, John and Mary Burlington of Ontario. Uh, sorry, Burlington, Ontario. And congratulations, John and Mary, your winners of the Steelhead tickets for uh, tomorrow afternoon against Saginaw Spirit. Sandy Stewart of Oakville, Joe Krupa of Mississauga, and Bill Heller of Edinburgh, Texas. Honorable mentions. Congratulations all. All right. That is it for me. My thanks to Jody. I'll be back next week to do it all over again, God willing. I'll speak with you on Monday at 4 p.m. Don't be late. Until then, I remain unbowed, unbent, unbroken. it that's all for more richard serrett show podcasts blogs and other stuff go to saga 960am.ca stop talking past each other and start talking with each other we'll see you monday afternoon at four on the richard serrett show on news talk saga 960am are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for african americans do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over policing President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy.